What's going on, everybody? You clearly have good taste because you are locked in to Sky's the Limit Radio. To hear all of this wonderful content live as it goes down, simply go to Facebook and type in STLR Media TV. That's STLR Media TV. You can also catch us live as it goes down on the app TuneIn Radio under STLR Media. Do that. Thank me later. Sky's the Limit Radio, baby. Once upon a time, in a land far away, three men discovered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team with the ability to siege the bay. You'll never make it out of the bay. Give no quarter and feed the fish with any enemy that takes the field during their quest to find the Lombardi Trophy. Fox win! Fox win! Join Craig. And he walks up to me and he says, I'm John Lynch. He is a monster. That's, that's what he was, a hard-hitting white boy that played safety and he was something special. Eddie. He built the pyramid right in front of us and said, this is how we're going to do it. We got to practice doing things right all the time, little things, huh? details. And Zach. Every day you build, you got to build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. As they take you on a journey discussing front office moves. With the seventh pick in the 2014 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Mike Evans. Game breakdowns. Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Early 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. And interviews. So batten down the hatches and get ready to set sail. It's time for Book That Podcast. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. Bucks lead. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Craig, coming to you live, Buck That Podcast, and uh, we're having a good day today, joined by my boy, Zach. How we doing? We're doing good. I'm doing good myself. <clears throat> How you doing, Eddie? Doing good, man. Just watching this sunbeam just come right in where my hand is. Yeah, I right know. Right in your eye. It's right there. That's like that one spot. It is. Other than that, man, happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday, which means all new Buck That Podcast. Buck That Podcast. For all the homies. Definitely having a great day. Excited to be here. We got some news. Did you want to retry that? Uh, I think we got it now. My case was in the way, but I think we might have it now. Right. We'll, we'll go ahead and give it a shot. Breaking news. Nope, not working. Do you, do you get, are you? It's not plugged in all the way, bro. It's plugged in as far as it's gonna go, bro. Technical difficulties. Oh man. Technical difficulties. We we're trying to get you. The, like it was an interview from the tennis channel with uh, Indomik and Sue, and basically, Craig's gonna try to fix it. It was basically well, just him. Liar. And the reason why uh, he, you know, he thinks he's gonna be able well, to turn need- the bucks around and. And who is this with? The Tennis Channel? The Tennis Channel. He was actually over there for the French Open. Oh, yeah? He's just hanging out in France? Yeah, he was watching the tennis match. And what happened at the Tennis Channel or in his interview? 
Well, hopefully we'll be able to play it here for you. Uh, but basically, I just said it. Uh, he basically goes over the reasons uh, why he thinks. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's plugged in, but it's just not. Do you agree with his reasons? Huh. I mean, it was more like player speak. Player speak. He was yeah. amping it up. He yeah. was amping it up. Interesting. Interesting. Can you Zach's just play it out phone. loud and put it on your mic? I could. Zach's headphone jack. No, no we don't do that bootleg stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's headphone jack doesn't work that good. That's funny. It's on the tennis channel, though, t- Tim says. And shout out to Tim, owner and operator of Carefree Pest and Termite Solution. You guys need some pest problems solved. If you got a problem, yo, he'll solve it. Check out his sprayer while Timmy revolves it. 941-566-9019 is the phone number. Again, that's 941-556-9019. Call him up. Tell him Tom Brady eats dicks for breakfast. you probably get a good discount. Tell him that uh, your boys from STLR Media sent you. Yeah, man, he's a good dude, and uh, he's a fellow Bucks fan. He is a fellow Bucks fan, and that's what matters. But <clears throat> as far as Ndamukong Sue goes... We got a deal on them. Yeah. Uh, and when I say deal, I mean anybody who's making millions of dollars isn't necessarily getting a quote unquote deal. Who was the other high one? Uh, the one of Seattle, right? What's his name? Uh, Frank Clark. No, the one didn't Seattle pick somebody up, free agent? Frank Clark. Mm. They made a trade for Frank Clark. Yeah. Okay. Wrong guy. That was the one they just extended. But uh, they got a nine point two five million dollar deal. So we definitely saved about $3.75 million from the J.L. McCoy deal. So it worked a little bit better for us. We will be able to sign all of our draft picks and all that. You know, they made, they made the money moves, move some money around. So that's definitely better for us. Also, in news, my boy Sue proposed to his girlfriend. After he yeah. signed the deal. Oh, over there in, in Paris or France or whatever yeah. for the uh, French Open. Yeah. He got some of that kind of French, that that, that French that romanticism in him. Yeah, it happens. Maybe next time we'll use the computer. Yeah. I don't know why that – maybe your phone headphone jacks is messed up. But, but she said yes. But she did She did say yes. He, he just got yes, that so. check. Of course she said yes. I mean, who wouldn't? But how long has he been with his girlfriend? Probably for a while. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Or did he meet her at the tennis open, the French open? No, I don't, I don't think he was that quick. <laughs> I don't think he was that quick at all. Oh, um, man, you're hanging out in France. One legendary buck has come out and said that he is happy about the sap, or about the sap, about the Sioux signing, Warren Sap. Warren Sap. He says, finally, I get. The Dominican suit under my watchful eyes. Can't wait. I didn't know Sap was in the building like that. Um, you might know, be. I didn't know either. But you know, he he was with the NFL Network till the little you know Arizona incident happened, and I'm sure he is still around in, in football in some way, shape, or form. He's a legend in the building, so I'm pretty sure he doesn't even get you know what I'm saying nobody even denies him if he tries to walk into the building. I mean, he's like yeah. a free hype man and a free coach. Yeah. You know, because if he's out there in training camp, he's giving somebody some tips. You know, you know, sorry, you. I had to throw that in there. You know, say so we ain't heard it in a while. You know, he ain't been on the NFL Network, so I threw it in there. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the NFL Network, man. Him and my boy Michael Irvin. You know, do you have that sound bite? That sound clip? 
I'm sure we can get it. Yeah. We have to find it. Just don't play it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of phone is that? Uh, it is a Google Pixel. Google Pixel. Like two, I think. Two. The problem with my phone is it fell into a toilet. That sucks. Uh, was the toilet clean? <sighs> yeah, this one was. My first time I dropped the phone in the toilet was at Janice. Oof. And I dropped it. No I bueno. Left it, in man. piss. No bueno. <laughs> in another man's piss. Oh. On top of my piss. So yeah. it was a piss, pissy situation. It was a pissy, pissy situation for sure. That sucks. Shout out to Y Lane out there in Tennessee. Hopefully you're having a good day. Shout out to our boy Kyle in Australia. Australia coming in. Now, uh, Gerald McCoy is somebody that's in the news right now. What are we doing, 10% rebound? My bad. Dang. My boy Gerald McCoy visited the Ravens Tuesday. He also has uh, a meeting up with the Browns. The Browns. That was today. That was today. No, the Ravens was. Today. Oh, the Ravens was today. The Browns, Browns is tomorrow was, or, no, or yesterday. 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 Where do you think he ends up? Do you think he goes to the AFC North? Do you think maybe he goes to the Patriots, who somebody's been rumored to uh, have a little bit of interest in? Uh, it seems like has he vi- has he visited the Saints yet? He has not visited anybody in the AFC South that I've seen. Seems like the AFC North has a lot of interest in him. I think so too. The only thing with the. I don't want to say anybody in the AFC South is as bad as we are money-wise, but I think a lot of them are kind of, you know, aren't in the best financial situation either. They're a little bit uh, cap-strapped as well. Um, and, you know, who knows? You know, he's from out he's from out in the, the Midwest anyways, you know, going to get, uh, school over in Oklahoma. So maybe he wants to, you know, get up out of this Florida heat, out of this down south heat and get into some uh, better weather. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um I'm thinking it's going to be pretty interesting, though, to see where he goes out. Because here's, here's the thing, man. McCoy's been with us for a while. He is definitely a fan favorite. I, I think he's somebody who, who may end up in the ring of honor one day. Um, I agree. But I also do feel with Sue, it brings us an edge. You know, a, a little bit of a, a chip on our shoulder, a little bit of mean streak to our defense. So there's still a lot of teams out there with a bunch of money. Okay. Uh, number one team being the Colts with $57 million. Huh. But you also have teams like Houston, San Francisco, and Cleveland at number four with $33 million in the bank right now. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of teams. There's probably 10 or 12 teams that have $20 million right now to spend. So, Who in the top five has uh, defense problems? Uh, the Colts. I mean, that's a system I could see him fitting into. Yeah. Uh, are they still running a four three over there? They they've switched to a three four as well. I think. Mm, I'm not really 100 percent sure on that one. Not too many teams are running that that four three defense that much anymore. There's more than I you mean. Think. It's like it's there, like a hybrid form of it. But there's really more than you think. Honestly, when I was really <laughs> checking out, I for, I don't know the the statistics off the top of my head. But when we were talking about it, and I started looking at some. There, there's a lot more than you think. Is the three four is actually still like you know it's probably like 50 50 ish on on the uh, teams run the three four and the four three. So it's one of those things that he he will fit into a lot of teams, and he's even came out and said too even before you know our off season started and stuff. He's like, look, he's like, if you're good at football, you're good at football. It doesn't matter what the scheme is, you should be able to adjust. So I think he is a guy that you know he's going to help somebody. He's a veteran. He's going to come in and help. He said he already wants to go to a contender. He's not trying to go to somebody who's looking to rebuild or needs some help or whatever. He's trying to find somewhere where he can go in, he can contribute. 
to making a playoff push. That you got to think that's one thing that they've ne- he's never had here. Yeah, he just wants to win, man. He wants to win. So you know, at this stage in his career, he's like, all right, you know, I, I made a couple big contracts early on, got some extensions, I've made that money. Now that I've made that money, now I'm ready to go make that money somewhere else. But you know, even if it's going to be at a discounted discounted uh, rate because people think I'm on you know the down part of my career, which you know probably is. Might as well go for them chips. Okay, so I mean? going back going back to these teams in the salary cap, I had it a little wrong here. I had it at, at 2019, so that's that's what teams have in 2019. So the teams right now that have some cap space, uh, top eight, you got Cleveland Browns at number one with 54 million. You got the Colts at 49 million, <laughs> San Francisco and the Titans uh, around 25 million, and Pittsburgh Steelers around 19. Uh, so then it goes down like to the Cowboys at number eight with 11 million. So there's not too many teams out there that are probably going to be around McCoy's number. I mean, if we're talking less or yeah, cause I say McC- greater, I say Cowboys are right at the like top of what he would probably get. does. Does McCoy get 11 million next year? I, I don't think he gets more than Sue, but we'll have to find out. I mean, only time will tell. Well, that's something that we'll probably be talking about on the, on a future Buck That podcast. Yeah, if he's if he's not getting. Sue money or greater, there's only 10 teams that could sign him that have the money right now to sign him. So Baltimore is one of them. Baltimore, and, and Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. I, I see no NFC South teams in here. The closest NFC South team that could possibly sign him is the Atlanta Falcons at 23rd overall. They only have $4.6 million right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think there's going to be any. That was one of my guesses, is, is maybe NFC South team because maybe there's an FU factor that he wants to play against them twice a year. Yeah, I think that would, in a lot of cases, I think that would be the ideal situation, obviously because of solid cap reasons. It ain't happening. We're lucky. Carolina has negative $2.8 million right now. Wow, they got to clear some space they off gotta the cap. They got to clear some space. Which I'm sure by the time the you know, 52-man <laughs> rosters come out and all that good stuff. NFC South team's using that money up, yeah, though. And, and yeah, real quick. Well, the, well, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, and we'd have to look it up, but I think some of these teams get penalized for you're supposed to use up, like... I think it's up to 90% I think up to of 90% cap. of your cap, or you so get You can't penalized. have free money. So, yeah, so some of these so teams, like... One they, of the reasons why the Browns, maybe with 54 the million. The Browns, you know, they're going to... They need to they could be looking cats. at the McCoy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to have to give out some contract extensions and some stuff like that. Start yeah. up some of that, that salary cap here in the near future where, you know, teams like the Buccaneers and stuff, <clears> even <throat> though they're strapped this year, come next year when those contracts drop a little bit on some of the veterans, they'll have some more some more room. And I'm glad that the NFL has, has done that to where they haven't, you know... They're forcing the teams to use up their salary cap and spend that money, and you know, hopefully, spend it wisely because you don't want to spend ninety percent of the cap on bad players because that just you know puts you in that cycle of historically horrendous, uh, you know, football. Kinda the like, worst free agents of all time. Kind of like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the last <laughs> eight years, but uh, where's Gruden when we need him? Yeah, I don't know. That's the problem, man. When you have a team full of veterans over a team full of younger, just a young, hungry people with a couple (laughs) of good leaders, Cleveland Browns, man, that's a young team with with some sprinkled veterans. They are one of my dark horses this year. I think they're everyone's dark horse. That I think that uh, definitely has a chance to. I'm not gonna say they're gonna win the Super Bowl. But I think they'll... To win some games. They might be in some talks. Yeah. I think they are definitely, um, at this point, preseason favorites to at least make the playoffs. If not, win the AFC North. 
So that, that's a team we're going to have to keep an eye on. I can see that. Now, what, at a distance, because we don't have to really worry about them too much. Yeah, we play sure. them in the preseason, though, right? Do we? I think we do play them yeah. in the preseason. So we, we might get a chance to see McCoy again at Ramy James. Now, one thing that we do have going for us right now that we've been working on over the past couple weeks is our all-time Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. This week, we're in the linebacker department. We are in the linebacker department. We've got a lot of greats that came through the Buccaneers in the linebacker position. So let's get it started. And and how we're going to do the linebacker position is – Basically, the best linebackers one through six on the Buccaneers. Instead of making them a weak side or a strong side or a middle linebacker, we're just going to do one through six, the greatest linebackers that we think, honestly. Um, number one, Derek Brooks. Number one, Derek Brooks. Consensus, obviously. Um, we get some of Derek Is he in the Brooks. top three greatest Buccaneers of all time? I would say he is the greatest Buccaneer of is all time. Is he the greatest Buccaneer of all? That's for a future discussion on Buck That Podcast. Who I mean, who would who would be anywhere near Derek Brooks? Oh man, Leroy Selmer was raw. He was just in a different nah. era. Rondé Barber? Rondé, maybe, but still Brooks is up above Rondé. All stock. All stock. Nope. Stock's a legend, man. That's like heart. You're a game changer like that for so many years. The A train, A train's the man. And some t- would say, some would say, uh, Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp. Tim's chiming in and saying he thinks the Browns are going to go seven and nine. I think they'll be above that. I think it'll at least be nine and seven. But we'll definitely have to see about that. But Derek Brooks, one of our uh, yeah, Derek uh, Brooks, uh, seventeen hundred combined tackles all time. Nice. Obviously, all with the Buccaneers. Uh, and he ran a touchdown back in the Super Bowl. He's a Hall of Famer, 11-time Pro Bowler, 5-time All-Pro, 1-time Super Bowl champ, Walter Payton Man of the Year in 2000, 2002 AP Defensive Player of the Year, and my favorite player of all time. Double nickel. Derek Brooks. Uh, But as far as the stats go, 1,700 combined um, tackles. He's got 13.5 sacks. Wasn't really known for his pass rush ability. More of a coverage guy, tackler, a sure tackler. Uh, tackles for loss. He's had 68 in his career. Nice. 25 uh, interceptions, six for touchdown, 24 f- forced fumbles, and he's also scooped one up and taken one to the house. And we all know about his uh, Super Bowl where he had that inter- interception for a touchdown, one of many for the Buccaneers that, that night. Next on the list, Hardy Nickerson. Another legend, man. Just uh, you know, had a great career with us. Played and he for, was a coach. Played for a couple of different teams. Um, did also do some coaching. Was the man, you know? What I'm saying somebody in in the the '90s, creamsicle jerseys. You know, we always remember watching games. He was on a bad team. Hardy Nickerson. Hardy bad like he team. Was, he was like a bright spot for sure. Yeah, man. On, on, on some horrible teams. And uh, like even Warren Sapp talked about when he got drafted, you know, saying the, they 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 were known as the Yuckineers. Yeah, that was a Florida thing. People who went to any Florida college, people who paid attention to any Florida sports, the Buccaneers were the Yuckineers. Um, I personally like the creamsicle jerseys. A lot of people despise them, 
Um, Those were classics. But uh, yeah, they they definitely was uh, one of the guys through some rough years, and he was a bright spot. Most definitely, uh, probably the, the best middle linebacker that's ever graced uh, the Buccaneers. Possibly, uh, he was drafted originally by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the fifth round, 122nd overall in the 1987 draft. Um, he actually has a son right now that's a playing ball. Yep. Um, Hardy Nickerson was a five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Did and you bring all up? decade? Yeah, he was an All-Decade all de- team. Was that yep. for the 2000s or the uh, 90s? 90s. It's the 90s. Yeah, because he only played a couple years in the 2000s. There were some legends in that 90s, though. But uh, for the Buccaneers, he had um, almost a thousand tackles. He had 926. He had uh, six tackles for loss. Um, he had 13 forced fumbles for us. Touchdowns. Uh, forced fumbles, uh, let's see, touchdowns. No touchdowns, uh, but he did have seven interceptions. And How many hot, hot dogs could he eat? Probably I have a lot. no <laughs> idea. He a big dude, man. I say he's at least a four hot dogger. <laughs> four hot dogger yeah, with baked sure. beans and fries? Oh, for sure. He's Hardy Nickerson, bro. You think he's going to let four hot dogs? <laughs> How much do you think Hardy weighed? He was like 230, 220. Has to be. I'll say about 245. I think he has it pulled up. It's, he's 220. No, nah, I'm not, man. He is 230. I'm okay. just, I, re- I remember him, man. Remember that size, like Mike Tyson size, but a little bit taller. That's, that's, a, that's a good memory. So this next guy on the list, um, we we kind of had a little toss-up on whether or not he should be above Hardy. But overall. Solid linebacker, man. He overall, he. Great linebacker. Hardy's where he's at, and this guy's where he's at, and that's uh, Shelton Corals. Shelton Corals raw, man. And what, what college did he go to? I actually don't have that pulled up. I'm trying to pull up his stuff. I believe it was Vanderbilt, right? Vandy. Yes, it was, actually. There was another Buccaneer linebacker who played for Vanderbilt. They, we, yeah, we've got some good linebackers out of Vanderbilt. Maybe we need to go back to that department. Yeah, we do. Who else there. did we have from Vanderbilt? I'm trying to think. I'll let you know in about 30 seconds. Yeah, I guess sure I, do pro- wish I, I had probably should have this pulled up before, but now my computer's acting up. Jamie Duncan. Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah, that, he did go to Vandy. That's right. Another linebacker from Vanderbilt. James so, uh, had a few good years out of him. Uh, mm-hmm. Shelton Quarles, he played, uh, what, like 10 years for us almost, it looked like. And he was a one-time Pro Bowler, obviously a Super Bowl champ with us during the Super Bowl season. Yep. He had 682 combined tackles, 13 sacks, 6, or excuse me, 30 tackles for loss. So that's that's actually quite a bit. And he had four interceptions and two TDs off of that and eight forced fumbles. So definitely some good numbers there, Sheldon Quarles. And where did he go to high school? And what number did he wear? He wore 53. 53. I don't know what high school he went to. Next on the list, probably our generation besides Derek Brooks, I mean – the next generation, I should say, of Buccaneers, Levante, Levante David. David. Levante is, I think, somebody who will be around. Um, I would like to see him be a Buccaneer for life. Definitely. Um, that way, I, my jersey stays relevant for for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's so true, man. I bought that Michael Clayton jersey, and it just went downhill from there. <laughs> I cursed him. I know. I got I got Gerald sitting in my closet right now. I'm like, dope. <laughs> Levante's putting up some stats, though. He is, man. He's definitely he's solid a stud. as fuck, man. He's a good player. So he's only been to the Pro Bowl one time, and he's been to the All Pro one time as well. I thought he got snubbed a couple times on his on uh, Pro Bowls and stuff like that. 
Uh, for tackles, he's got 884 tackles all time. Solid. That's all, less than, all that's le- less than that's, eight that's a, careers, right? Or eight years? So let me go over his, his tackles. So his rookie season, 139, then 145, 145, 147. He had an 87 because he he got hurt. No, nope, he had no. Nope, he just had an off year. He just had 87, and then he had 101, and then 120 last year. That means other people putting in some work. Kendall yeah. Beckwith, yeah. Uh, sacks. Alexander. He's got 21 and a half sacks. That is a guy who's come up, who comes off the edge. He does yeah. a little more pass rush and gets to the quarterback yep. more than Derek Brooks did. Um, interceptions. He's got 10 for his career. That's more than what Brooks had, I believe. What about pass deflections? Uh, 38. He's around the ball? That's quite a bit. You're, like, when you're around the ball like he's that, He's a ball man. hawk, yeah. for sure. So what, he's been with us for seven years now. Next year will be eight years. He'll be 29 years old next year. Hell, yeah. He still has like up, four years. If he at puts least up three. Uh, three more years, four more years like that, and then has Solid like a, buck a career. couple you know, down-the-hill years, is he a Hall of Famer? I mean, I think towards the, towards the end of his career, yeah. maybe we can have that discussion. He um, might be one of those guys that are victimized by not having that championship. Oh yeah, or victimized by not being and, on winning teams. Yeah, yeah, that hurts, bro. If you that if you are if you are a shining star like Hardy Nickerson on a T fence, man, it's hard for people to even look at you. What about a guy like Patrick Willis who retired early? But was so great for all those years. I think longevity, because, man. I think because of the lack of longevity. Yeah. Um. I think if Patrick Willis would have stuck it out, he definitely would have been a, a guy in the discussion. But because of him retiring at an early uh, on in his career, I think it. You know, he's gonna be like one of those guys that you know, the, he'll be like part of the what if department. I think. Did you hear about Patrick Willis 2.0? No. So there's a guy who was drafted this year who rides a horse who was in the first round in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being compared <laughs> to Patrick Willis. You're right. I did hear those comparisons. I knew you were going there. I, I, I had to play devil's advocate and say no. But, yes, they, and I, they've been saying some good things out of uh, OTAs about that guy. Yeah. All right. So number five on our list. Um, I think we went. We, it's up for discussion. You know what? David was supposed to be number three, mm-hmm. and then Quarles was well, number Well, I don't four. think it really matters. I mean, if, oh, we're, if, we're, if we're going with the top oh. six, it doesn't really matter, it like, matters. per se. All right, so number, number five. Number five, Barrett Rude out of Nebraska. Didn't make any Pro Bowls. Didn't get any accolades, really, as a player for the Buccaneers. But did play seven seasons with us. Six seasons with us? Tackling machine. He had, um, for those six seasons, he had um, 585 tackles. Um, what was I, his average a year? A season. Well, I mean, that's almost 100 tackles a season, basically. He had four seasons with us over 110 tackles. Rude. Rude was raw, man. Yeah, okay. So Sorry, I thought my car alarm was going off out there. It's getting uh, He had 19 tackles for loss. He had six interceptions. No touchdowns. Huh. Uh, seven forced fumbles. But, yeah, guy that was known for his tackling ability. You said you loved him because of that. Yeah, man. I just remember personally um, all those tackles coming like five, ten yards down the field. He wasn't one of those guys that you would see stuff in the hole as much as he was running down and chasing down plays. That's my only gripe about him. 
And that's probably one of the reasons why he never made a Pro Bowl. He got to tackle, though. <laughs> he did. He did <laughs> tackle. Matter, man. I mean, he did tackle. He stopped it. Where was everyone else? Can we go on and say uh, a bright spot on on horrible teams? I mean, yeah. Wasn't he around? He was a glimmer. He's like a glimmer of light. Yeah, He's a flicker of light. He's a flicker of light. Right. I honestly would have my vote for number six all time be above him, which would be Quan. That's my vote. Quan we didn't come up with number six. We'll leave it for right now. My vote's Quan. Who are you going to vote for? I still think Quan was around. I, I mean, I think you got you know Quincy Black was out there. You got Cato June who who did some stuff. Two with years. Um, yeah, true. Quan was here for four. four. I mean, we could go back to one the of cutoff? the older guys. <clears throat> What's four that? years? No, years. no, I don't think so. Just the impact as a player. Yeah, I, I would have to say so. I go with Jeff Gooch. Jeff Gooch. I mean, his special teams play. Jeff Gooch was wrong. Him and Adam Hayward were really good special team players. Jeff didn't get a lot of playing time. No. Um, neither did Adam Hayward. Al Singleton. Al, Al Shaman Singleton. He was a beast, man. He only played two years for us, though. So. But no one yelled, Singleton. They yelled, Gooch, when you got that tackle. You're right. He was like the Rudy of our team. He was the Rudy. <laughs> he was the Rudy. Okay, so you're going to go with Gooch? Yeah, man, I like Gooch. I, 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 I think you just like saying Gooch. Gooch. Yeah, I do. You like saying Gooch. I do. I guess we can hit the Quan on that one. You want to hit the Quan? Yeah. You just want to say hit the Quan? <laughs> he did, too. No, I didn't want to just say hit the Quan, but I mean. He was saving that. He, he was a beast for us. I, I, it was, you know, sad to see him go for sure. Definitely sad to see him go. He got paid, man. Sorry, I hope he gets a turf toe or something this year. He got paid. All right. <laughs> Highest paid linebacker in the history of the NFL is yeah, your Quan Alexander, yeah. former Buccaneer. All right. Well, this is why we picked him, right? Okay. So, number he had uh, one Pro Bowl for us. Um, overall, he only had in four seasons, but he has missed some time. I'll, we'll give him that. So, his first season, he only played 12 games. Then he had one full season of 16. And then 12 again, and then six. So he's only played 46 games for us. He's had 380 combined tackles, seven sacks, 31 tackles for loss. I think that's the same amount as Levante. Levante's got like 30. Uh, Forced fumbles, he's got six. 22 pass defenses, six interceptions, and a touchdown. He he's got some numbers in the times that he's played. If he would have been more healthy, he would have had bigger numbers. He's That's true. Hopefully, we got his replacement <clears throat> here in uh, Devin White. I hope so too. I think we do. I do too. Fellow LSU. Yeah, we they make we, good we, linebackers. Same thing we, with Kendall Beckwith. Yeah, we yeah. like them LSU linebackers. They've they've been producing some good linebackers lately. It's that Gator meat out there, man. Crawfish or something. Hey. Some poison in the Well, then how come the Florida Gators don't? Because it's different, man. It's phosphate mines. That's that yeah, red tide, almost, man. They, see, they call the swamp, but they ain't really ain't even on those ain't no swamps. Swamp. You ain't got no oil in your waters. Go out through them boys. They got oil, man. They got petroleum in their veins. Yeah, you see where swamp people at? Not in Gainesville. <laughs> <laughs> they in Louisiana. Y'all call me out here for a gecko. <laughs> yeah, only gators they catching in Gainesville some gecko geckos. They might catch some boa constrictors out there. I'll let your boy, man, but woo. Shout out to Dusty Crumb, too, by yeah. the way. So a couple uh, notable mentions. 
for our all-time list. Cecil Johnson played Cecil. Uh, nine years, ten years with us, with the Buccaneers. One of the older guys. We didn't get to see play. So we really can't really talk and speak on those guys. So that's why we, we tend to leave those out. Richard Wood. Um, a Al guy Singleton. Who, a guy who played. Well, we, about we just talked about Al. Um, Richard Wood played for us for eight years. Um, Chris Washington played five years for us. So there's a lot of uh, old-time Buccaneers that probably deserve to be on this list, but this is more or less our all-time Buccaneer list. Facts. But that wraps that up. That wraps that up. We do have something else because we've got to keep it moving here. The Who the Buck Am I? Because I know it's going to take – I need that paper, that pad. Well, this is going to take up some time here. Oh, it's going to take up some time. Okay. Oh, but, uh, i gotta, I got to close my computer, you, right? Everybody close oh, your yep. computer. got to close the computer. Without hitting your microphone, Sorry about that. Eddie. Silently close your computer. All right. Got that big old laptop. Number one on the list. <clears throat> Born October twenty eighth, nineteen sixty five. Drafted in eighty seven. Third overall, pick number. 57. Vinny Testaverde. Played for three teams. Six years in Tampa. He is the second leading receiver in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history. Went to Nichols State University. He has 48 career TDs. Keyshawn? He wore number 88 in 83. Horace Copeland? Nope. Oh, what's his name, man? <clears throat> Not Woods. Not Woods. So what What year was he born again? 65, you said? 65. Drafted in 87, so, third overall pick. So that would make him roughly like 50, 50 something right now. 53. 53. He's an old school guy. And he's, a, and he's, a, and he's a wide receiver. receiver. He played for the Bucks. From 87 to 92. And he went to McNichols State. He went to Nichols State. Nichols State. Not even McNichols. It was Nichols State. He played for also the Cleveland Browns, the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers? He was on the Panthers? He was on the Panthers. That must have been early on. That's Kerry Collins type years. So that's early on in the franchise. I'm lost. He must have been. He must have been like an expansion pick for 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 Carolina or something like that. He might have been. Hmm. Wide receiver. Who would you compare him to? If you had to compare him to a wide receiver, I really don't know. Hmm. Well, you kind of got us stumped here. You got to give us a little bit more. more <laughs> what are the clue. initials? Yeah. Give us. Give us a. Give us the last name initial. It is. The first initials of the rapper Hammer's name. Not Michael Clayton. Nah. Something more. So it's MC. So it's first name with an M, last name with a C. Mark yep. Clayton. No. no. Oh, Mark Carrier. Oh. Damn. Damn. Oh, how am I gonna forget him? Mash is slap my. I quit the Buck Show. <laughs> Damn it. That was a good one. Yeah, you had us stumped on that one. I, I you had wa- me stumped on I that. wanted to start off with, with I want to bring the heat. Yeah, like, we had to dig deep for that one, man. Yeah. Damn it. Second one. 
born 1954 in Greenville, Mississippi. Brad Favre. Went to Alcorn State. Was Doug Wood drafted in '77, uh-huh. round three, seventieth overall. Played nine years with the Bucks. What's up with all these old guys, man? It's not all old guys, I promise you. Okay, there's a theme to this. Uh, Forty-one career touchdowns. Hmm. Four-time Pro Bowl. 80, 81, 82, and eighty-five. He is the first Tampa Bay Buccaneers ever to hold out while under contract. Jimmy Giles. Bam. My Good dog. job. He's got his thinking cap on tonight. I had to dig deep. What? I did critical today. I, I, I skipped around a couple of them, a couple of the hints because I was going to wait for the last. He played tight end. He's in the ring of honor. Fun fact about Jimmy Giles, he holds a record tied with Earl Campbell for scoring four touchdowns in a game. Against the Dolphins, huh? Mm. Pretty cool fact. I thought about that for a bonus point, and you get to go first because you got the answer right. If you miss it, Zach can get the steal. What rank is he in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all-time receiving? Oh fuck! I know it's top three. Jimmy Giles. Yeah, man. For the steal. Zach, what rank is Jimmy Giles all time? Was he a wide receiver? He was a tight end. He's like the original. I don't know, man. You can't really say. Uh, I'm going to say he is 12th all time. You guys both are wrong. Fifth. Fifth. Okay. Okay. All right. I knew he was up there. Once you said tight end, like it started refreshing my memory. Third guy on the list. Thinking of James. He Wilder. was the second guy into the Ring of Honor. At the he Bucks, was. He was after Leroy Summer. Um, this dude was born in 1987 in Buffalo, New York. Thurman Thomas. He played for three teams. He has made second team Big East in his career. Huh. I have smoked with this person at a club. Greg Spires. Nope. Um, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Caveman. He was from four uh, bonus point, for a bonus point or four bonus points for one bonus point. Okay, because I need some help here. You could give me more than one. What rec? What rank is he on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all-time receiving list? Sixth for the steal. Seventh. You guys are both close. Don't tell me he's fifth Eighth. or fourth. He's tenth. He's oh, okay. tenth. Okay. Yeah, he didn't really have the the he greatest. Had a couple years. He did have a couple years. He did. But for him, that's that's how horrible this list is. <laughs> hey, we got Mike Evans, man. We here's the one thing you got to realize is you're living through the Mike Evans experience. Yes, who who I didn't use by the way in this list. So none of them are going to be Mike Evans. I'll all throw right. you the bone. And he is actually officially the Tampa Bay Buccaneers leading receiver of all he time. He is, man. He's um, a beast. Most underrated receiver in the league. This dude, born number four. On this list, January 2nd, 1971, Orlando, Florida. He was drafted in 1993, round four, 104th overall. He has played for three teams, Tampa, Miami, and Oakland, respectively. Famous 
for doing a backflip after a touchdown. War number 88 and 80, respectively. Hmm. Went to the University of backflip, Miami. Backflip. Horace Copeland. Bam. Uh, three to Miami. He played for Miami. The Chan- Bucks. Chance for two different bonus points. First one, can you name his nickname? Ah, uh, uh, no, I can't. All right. Hold on to it because I'm going to come back to you for the steal. What rank is he on this list? Number five. Nope. We already know. That was, that was Giles. Damn it. What was his nickname? High C. Bam. High C. Well, I can see that. Is it tied up or no? It's You're down by one point. Second mm-hmm. bonus opportunity for you. What is his What rank, rank is he on the all-time receiving list? So he's, the theme here is all time. Yes, receivers obviously, and he's he's obviously in the top ten. That just um, listen. Well, maybe not because you said there's only listen. Seven, there's so. there's not very many greats here. I'm picking out people that you guys. Would um, know. I'm gonna say he's ninth. He is not. He's twenty third. Okay. On the list all time. Damn okay. high C twenty third. Okay, so he's not necessarily the greats of the list, but they're just on the they're list. Just on the list. Okay. There's so basically every receiver who ever played for us. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Exactly. A chance. Exactly. All right. Um, this person, number five, was born November 20th, 1971, in Bel Air, Ohio. Huh. Was drafted in the year of 1995. Round one, pick eight. Redell Anthony. Won a state championship in high school. Jack is green. In the 100 meter and 200 meter, respectively, was the first Tampa Bay Carlos Buccaneers wide receiver to have three consecutive 1,000 yards seasons. Keyshawn Johnson. Wore numbers 84 and 13. Joe Galloway. Damn, he got him too. <clears throat> Uh, by the time I got to you, went to Ohio State University. If you guys yeah. didn't get him, what rank is Joey Galloway in the receiving list? Second. Nope, he is not second. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. That was that was misleading a little bit. What, what, all time for the Buccaneers. I'm. I'll stick with second. I know it's not the one, but um, I was thinking. Well, listen, Mark all Carrier his numbers was together. So one one of Mark Carrier's. Hints was that I said that you probably forgot was he's the second leading receiver. I was thinking his whole career yeah. as a whole and not just for the Bucks. So. Yeah, well, that's why I'm giving you a chance to change it. Three, no, four, sixth, sixth, okay. sixth overall, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good for him. I mean, he did have what he played what four seasons with us or something like that. What was the name of the guy he played with? Antonio Brown, right? Uh, Brian, big, Antonio, Antonio Brian, big receiver. Yep. Yeah, and then Dave, a, we had a little run with David Boston here. That's right, David Boston. Old, yeah. Washed up David Boston. Yeah, washed up. He's like way on the list, by the way. I don't even think <laughs> David Boston's on here. No, he. I don't even think he Antonio really Brian played was, for Brian us. I don't think he played for us neither. Or Anthony Brown. I think he played uh, some preseason ball, and that was about it, some some preseason games. And he and had a couple it. games. So this guy isn't on the list, but just to show you how horrible our receivers are, Adam Humphreys, who just left – is nineteenth nineteenth. Okay. Just to let you guys know. So um, what uh, score? What's Vincent there? Jackson on that list? The score is tied up three. He to might three. be still one of the guys. Oh so. my bad. <laughs> might be one of the guys. So number six, born January fifth, nineteen seventy five. 
He's from the Nolia. Hmm. Michael Clayton. Three-time Pro Bowler. Was drafted in 97 in the first round, pick number 12. He was also the 97 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Work done. He's in the Falcons Ring of Honor. And nice. he wore number 28. Warwick Dunn. That's right. He is from New Orleans. What rank is Warwick Dunn all-time receiving. on the all-time receiving list for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Um, he caught the ball quite a bit. A lot. Twice. But does that really add up in the grand scheme of things yes. on the all-time list? He's definitely well, Adam Humphreys is 19. so I would say that he's probably right around Adam Humphreys and what he's done in his career for the Buccaneers. I would say that Warwick Dunn is 16th. Eddie, for the steal. I go with 8th. If you would have went one above him and pulled the, the prices right, uh, he's 15th. You've been 15. doing that the whole time, too. I was, too. He's, he's 15th on the list, mm-hmm. all-time Buccaneers receivers. All right, I was close. Last one. I'm up no. now. You are up four to three, and I got some. Uh, I got some guys here. If I need to need to pull one out of the woodworks, I got to bring it back. I'm eyeballing somebody already. January fifteenth, nineteen seventy six. They played for three teams. They or he? Well, he played for three teams. They as a person. Teams? Um, yeah, they signed me. He's twins. Like, they were drafted. Like, he was drafted in 98. Okay. In the second round, pick 34 overall. Dexter Jackson. That no, was in like 2008. Has 832 punt return yards. Jock has green. He got it. He was second round, huh? For yeah. a bonus point. Mm-hmm. Damn. Just, I wasn't even tied up, man. You got two bonus points? What Don't rank is he on the list? Um, I'd say he's 29th for the bonus point. You 20, you, 21st. He got it. Oh. Ooh. You still lose. That's all right, though. By one point. I had him close. Man, you might want to give him another bonus point question Not just okay, for man. that. I mean. Other fun facts about Quezzy. Yeah. Played quarterback in high school. Mm-hmm. And he played for the U. He won. The Madden Bowl, don't disrespect that you like that. He won the Madden Bowl in 2001 and 2002. He was an offensive coordinator at Gibbs High School in St. Pete. And he, huh. led, and he led Lincoln High School in Gainesville to a state title in 2010. Huh. Interesting. Fun facts. I like that. Oh, I like that. Buck that or who the buck am I? So this I want to uh, listen. So can I be honest with you real quick? Yeah. When we start talking about the all-time buck list, that's why I forced you to go defense first because huh. I knew I had to wait a few weeks, and I wanted—I was already set on doing the all-time receiving list for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a as a who the buck am. But I. you kind of didn't do the all-time receive. I mean, you did, but well, they're off the list. It's off the list. Well, because of, because of your greats well, are going to be highest popular. One. But because of your guys' buck that yeah. stuff that you've done, you guys used Mike Evans, who was number one. Mm-hmm. Kevin House. Probably, yeah, give us the top ten. The top ten. Mike Evans. Yep. Mark Carrier. Uh, Kevin House. I think one of you guys used Vincent Jackson the other week ago. No. Nah. No. Nah. Uh, all right. So he's number four on the list, but I couldn't remember, so that's why, I skipped, I, that's why I skipped him. Jimmy Giles. Joey Galloway. Keyshawn Johnson. James. Uh, what? What's Keyshawn? Seven. James Wilder. 
and Gerald Carter, which probably none of us would have got. Then Mike Williams is number 10. 11's Bruce Hill. 12's Michael Clayton. Um, Lawrence Dossie. Uh, Courtney Hawkins. Warwick Dunn. Ron Hall. Kellen Winslow. Mike Pittman. See, I stayed away from Kellen Winslow because I figured that you guys would probably be, you know, I, it would be too easy for y'all coming from me. Yeah, wrecked his motorcycle. Like, Bam. Like, like Got we, him. We didn't really have, uh, you know, like Mike Allstott's 20th on the list. Like, we didn't huh. have, I mean... Pittman. So who was the best running Pitt, back? Pittman, Warwick Dunn, and Mike. Probably had to be Warwick Dunn. All stop were on the top 20. All three of them were running back. Yeah. And we have. That's that Gruden offense, two, too, though. And we have two tight ends in the top 20. So there really wasn't a whole lot like to even. Cameron Brait, just to throw it out there, is 26 on this list right now. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean. I bet he's higher on touchdowns, though. Yeah. Antonio Bryant was 24th. So, guys, we would that I knew that you guys would know. Mm hmm. I mean, there were there this this the you know we're not we weren't ever really a great passing team up until the last couple of years. Well, you gave me some ideas for for next time for myself. Who who's next week? Who's doing it next week? Is I believe Eddie? it's on Eddie again. It's on me, boss. You good? All right, yeah, I got a good one. You already got it, huh? Yeah. You ready? I got seven guys. Also, next week, uh, what do we unveil? The defensive line, or are we just going to do the defensive tackles for the all-time team? Um, if he only do defensive line. It's like same thing. I say we seven do that. players. We could we could. I say the, no. I think we right, I think we could have defensive end, no yeah, yeah, yeah. and then honorable mention. I mean, it only be eight guys if you do two, four, six, eight. Yeah. You're saying you got the the, the interior line and the two yep. defensive ends because we're honorable mention. Three, four, three. Yeah, we should do that. So I, I think we can do that. I think we can knock out the whole defensive line. Um, couple things. Um, that I want to go through real quick. Takeaways from from the OTAs. Um, there's there's Vita Vea, Chris Godwin. We got some Carlton Davis news. Basically, a lot of stuff for you know the new situations going on here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, one of those being Vita Vea slimming down, and basically, my boy's on a, a diet. He's trying to get up on the field a little bit more. He wants to be able to be on the field not only on uh, you know running plays, the first two plays. He wants to be on there for passing situations as well. So he's trying to get this baby weight. Trying to get rid of that little bit of that he's weight. Got to be in shape, man. That Tampa Sun will, will definitely do it to you. So you got to be in shape when you're. But don't out you there. need a big, greasy like three, four guy, like a big fat dude right in the middle? I think he already is pretty big and greasy. Even if he loses a couple pounds, he's still going to probably be in. Yeah, he's like three fifty. I think. Yeah, I think so. it was like three fifty when oh, we drafted him. So, so what? I mean, he slims down maybe a yeah, couple 320, pounds. Like three twenty. Three twenty. No, three twenty. Three hundred. I don't know about that. That's that's a lot of weight to drop. Even three thirty. I mean, twenty pounds. I say. I don't know. What does the article say? I didn't get to read it, but um, does it actually give you how much weight he's actually lost? It doesn't say how much he's actually lost. Um, it just says that that was something that he was work, working on, and basically, I think what it's kind of sounding like is the the Buccaneers defensive staff is trying to get everybody to where they're like um, multifaceted in the defense, where you can play multiple positions, different mm -hmm. areas. I guess probably to kind of confuse the offense, you know, what I'm saying because if you're lining up in different spots every time, they got to account for you in different, you know, different things, which you know kind of moves me. So hold on one second though. Uh, Pro Football Reference has him listed at six four, three forty seven. Three forty seven. So basically three fifty. So even if he drops down to three thirty, three twenty five, I mean that's not. 
I, I say that's a lot of weight. I'm, I'm saying if he's 347 now, if 350, I say 340 would be like a slim down. Yeah, but you can lose a lot of weight size-wise, but you can put on muscle to where you don't lose that weight as well. It's like it's, it's healthy. So you can be a kind solid – like, you could be a solid three, you, could, you yeah you could be a solid 330 oh, yeah, okay. but actually lose like you know what I'm saying 20 pounds of fat but yep. you replace some of it with muscle just a little gristle yeah so i mean you know there's there's ways to do it and they got trainers there that that definitely um can can manage that for yeah him. the whole food operation and everything you know you come in for breakfast lunch and dinner and they got it all shout out to the bucks man you. they got a really Meal good plan everything meal. Well, from what I've been hearing, you know, some of these players, they're really liking what's going on. We got a chance to eat there one time. One of, that's what's up. I bet that was nice. That was nice, man. Carlton Davis is one of those guys that's happy about the arrival of Todd Bowles on this defense. Um, he great, have a lot of He's praise. saying it's a great fit for him. And the thing that he likes about it is he, is he can be versatile in this, this defense. He said the way that they line up, it's hard to tell if you're the offense, what they're going to do because there's so many options out of the defense. But you give them one look, but you can't really necessarily tell what they're going to do out of it because maybe you line up in a certain situation and maybe this situation, you know, A, B, and C blitz, but then the same formation, a couple other guys blitz from a different area or different things like that, different combinations. So he's saying that, you know, defensive-wise – it's the best defense he's ever been in, and he's very excited towards this season. And Carlton Davis was a guy last year who had a couple bright spots for us. Yeah, he was. Most he definitely, was, yeah. He played. He, he was somebody who was looking uh, very bright and uh, had a little bit of injuries, but was definitely looking to capitalize on some of his uh, positives last year and, and bring him into this year. And you know, was, Out of the MJ Stewart and the Carlton Davis, I'd say Carlton Davis is definitely the better of the two cornerbacks. I so do as well, us. but uh, you know. Only time will tell. Better, co- you know, in my opinion, a better coaching staff, better scheme, maybe for some people, and and we'll see how that goes. It's hard, man. Here's, here's a question for you guys: All right. Who is the best defensive team since Monty Kiffin? Because every year we get hyped up, all oh, Bucks defense, Bucks defense, Bucks defense. What what was a good scheme? A good mm. defensive coordinator that had a good defense since Monty well, Kiffin? None of them, because I feel like none they've them, yeah. all they've all ran that that four three. Base defense or cover two, and it's just not been successful. I, th- I think a lot of them have tried to keep with that Tampa Very two. Vanilla, and just, you know what I'm saying? It's literally like the equivalent of an NBA team trying to run the triangle offense and not knowing how to do it, like Phil Jackson. Yeah, like literally, meant and, and Tampa isn't the only one who's tried it. After Monte Kiffin, a lot of teams have tried to do the Tampa. You're about two. to say Monte Crisco. <laughs> After Monte Kiffin, a lot of people have you know different teams have tried the variations. Even uh, Dallas. No, former Bears coach that we hired, uh, uh, Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith tried a variation. Yeah. He had some success with it in, in, in Chicago, but a lot of teams. Well, Dallas is running it too for the most part because with, Marinelli. They got Marinelli, Marinelli though. That don't count because that's an originator. John that's, Lynch. That's an originator. John Lynch is trying it, but I mean, very. But there have been some teams that have been unsuccessful about it, and and I would say that the Cowboys haven't been necessarily successful with it. They've, been they've had solid. some good players. They've had good players that have filled some real key roles over there. But they haven't really necessarily knocked it out of the park. So the reason I'm saying that is not to sound like a homer, but I think Bulls is going to have an actually good defense with what we have there. We'll see. Have we had enough time to? Make the transition because you also need the players and personnel to make. I think that they've defense they've happen. been brought in, and I think the a lot of those players are going to fit these roles. 
we'll and see, it's I exciting, guess. man. So some a few takeaways out of OTAs, and we're gonna go a little bit over, guys. So you know, be thankful for the bonus. Um, Vernon Hargraves got an interception. OTAs. Yep, I heard that. They said Rojo. Rojo. Looking really nice. Now, that is, I've heard that from multiple sources, man, that like he's actually looking comfortable out there. He's making the plays. Is this a better scheme for him? I, 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 One year in the bigs. Here's the thing. Could it be a better scheme or could it just be better coaching? I mean, you could know. Could it be that next year and he's just calming down a little bit? Comfortable. I mean, we saw a guy that, that he just dropped holes, passes, bro. Could not catch a ball just drop and pass well that's the thing did they allow him to come in and just like look i think maybe last year with everything that's going on they could have pressured him like hey you're our second round pick we're expecting you to do a b and c and you put all this pressure on a guy and you know saying it's you know nfl playbook compared to a college playbook probably a little bit different the verbiage is all different you know the plays some of the plays are the same but it's, it's called different things you know saying but don't you believe that it, the, you either have it or you don't as a, as that running back because now it depends got, man you got guys like alvin Kamara that come in can pick up that playbook can pick up it, what the it, team's everybody's different everybody's different. okay in a way but at but the same time it's not a good thing or a bad thing at the same time, oh, we haven't thing. had a thousand yard rusher. Or we did have did, did uh, Barber have a thousand? He did it barely over a thousand. No. Right Legarrette Blunt was probably Le no Garrett. offense, Legarrette. He's not one of the smartest running backs out there, and he didn't really pick up. He was really limited in what he did, but he was really good at it. But he just had the little edge. Maybe your boy showed up, had no edge, couldn't read the playbook, just wasn't comfortable with the system. Yeah, he wasn't picking I things mean, up. The That's way, what I'm saying. The way some of the stuff is really starting to like kind of convince me. I think the coaching staff just. Lost that locker room some way, shape, or form, and then you know, saying like Rojo could have been a victim of like, you know, Dirk maybe not have had that that locker room all the way, and you know there maybe there was some stuff going on internally that we don't know about that you know whatever maybe he got into it with the coaches so they weren't you know working with him as well as they should have or whatever the situation may be, but I mean you got Carlton Davis who who did decent last year already excited about this year yeah. they're talking about OTAs. Rojo doing his thing, um, Devin White obviously his his you know nothing but phenomenal things been said about him. So I mean, there's definitely some bright spots. The things that's sticking out to me for Devin White is his leadership of ability as a rookie so far. That's hasn't as- even played a game, and how vocal he is with his teammates right now. Everything I've been reading about him is he's always so vocal with his teammates. And here's one thing with the Buccaneers, with, with the transition and everything, and how tough our schedule is with all those road games, you know, not in, in a row, or I guess you would say even like a home game because our one home game that we have in that stretch is over the big old pond. We're going to London. I'm literally looking at this season as a 0-16 and 16 season. And how I feel about it, if I look at like if I look at it like that, then every game we win is a bonus. So if we win seven or eight games, awesome, yeah, yeah. because we have a tough schedule. We went over a pretty much full defensive overhaul as far as scheme. Um, we've made some personnel changes. So not saying that we can't you know surprise some people and win, but it's like you know lost McCoy, lost JPP, you know lost Quan, lost Quan. We're already one of the worst ranked defenses last year, so nobody's really expecting anything from us defensively. If we can build, capitalize, improve on the offense, which I think we will, score a few more points in the red zone, I think that's possible. If this, and we got a new kicker. Like I said, the kicker is definitely going to help. You know, anything above like the rank twenty mark with our defense, I think is going to be a positive for us this positive, year. Positive, man. 
I think that'll be a positive for us. NFL.com is ranking us second toughest schedule this season behind the New Orleans Saints. Probably in the history of football, man. We got a lot of mileage. Yeah, I don't think there's any football team that's, that that might be a stat to look up. I don't know if any football team is ever going to travel as much as we are this year. I hope they're counting mileage, man, and they get hooked up. Well, I, I imagine the Saints' schedule, though, if they're worse than the Buck, if they're ranked worse than the Buccaneers right now, they must be facing a lot of good teams from oh, last yeah. They probably are. Well, that's what happens when you play uh, play some good foosball. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> you get the, those hard schedules. Now, one last thing before we get out of here, we do have a little bit of a, a, a new segment. It's called Fire the Cannons or Walk the Plank, which is basically okay. like our play on take it or leave it. If you take it, fire the cannons. Leave it, walk the plank. That's how it's going to go. All, All right. right. So first one for fire the cannons or walk the plank. Will the defensive overhaul change this past offseason with Bulls coming in, Arians coming in, the new 3-4? Will that change the course of the Buccaneers franchise? For the year, or for like, for I say, a decade. turn the tide. Turn the tide because what has it been? Ten, over ten years since Gruden left, and what did he do when he brought? I think it was two thousand. He came in here and brought us an offense. He oh, changed. So you're asking if Bowles is coming over to change the defense? Yeah, I, I think I he mean, could, man. I think he could. I think he's young enough and hungry enough, and he's already tried and like you know. His last one, he was with the Jets, and I think he left the Jets better than what he did leave them. I honestly I think, think their management sucks, but I think Bowles is a really good coach, and I think I this totally defense. I think this defense is going to thrive off of having a really good coach. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire the cannons on this one. Um, I think is 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 little it's early. Obviously, time will tell. But I do have a lot of confidence in Bowles. He is a, a defensive coordinator guy in this league that does have a very good reputation. Obviously, he did good enough to get the head coaching position with the Jets. Like we probably all agree, probably not the best front office in, in the league. Horrible. But I do feel that he at least did the best with what he had. So with that being said, uh, I some guys are even better coordinators than they are head coaches. Not saying that that Todd Bowles in the future maybe being groomed under you know Arians might be our future head coach or whatever. But I definitely feel with Tampa Bay, one thing that we were built off of in our successful years with Tony Dungy, and then you know continued on with pretty much Gruden, but it was already set with the defense was that whole defensive scheme. I think if uh, they build on that, then you know. Bring back those because because Florida fans, you know, as Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans, we love that that defense. We remember those, that defense. Of, and we the, could and cheer the on the defense, man, and that heat out there. Your yeah. offense was always going to be horrible because we had a good defense out there in that blistering heat. That we that wear we wear them make, down when we make you guys wear the colored uniforms. That's right. I'm going to fire the cannons as well. Okay. Um, I don't think it's going to come right away. I think it's going to be it's going to take some time. Eddie Eddie says that they brought in the personnel, and I think they have. Well, to, to slowly, but they slowly not to be a contender, but to have yeah. a good defense, well, you're gonna I, have better numbers. Well, what I feel is here's and here's how I they think, got bodies in there. I right think now. the best way to explain it is, is if if we're sailing a ship, we were a little off course. You didn't have a ship, man. You had a broke down jet Bo, ski. Bowls hit the little the little turn on the wheel. Now we're now we're starting to cruise towards the right course. Yeah, but it's a it's a it's a long drift to that yeah, course. Yeah, it's, it's it's gonna be you know saying we're we're way off course. It's, you know, it's gonna take probably at least another off season. Yeah, I don't see us coming out those. here and being a great defense. That's a, 
Not Look at Dungey's first year. They they only won what six games. Dungey had it already in place for the most part with the draft with Brooks. They, they kind of still do, man. You have a top five offense. All right, they didn't win a lot of games. You had some bad kicking. You you couldn't get like my boy said. They need more I points in the red that. zone. All right, but I'll their defense was fucking horrible, man. It was one of the worst. That's but we're out here throwing BBs and and pumping you guys up, and you can't hold nobody. And, and that's what I'm saying. If if we you got Chris Conti out there getting pushed like a like a girl, man. Come on, straight. Ugh, that should have been. A, that should, we yeah. could talk about this all night. Let's go ahead and move on to the next. Bad, uh, bad, bad. I think anything, I, I think anything over over a uh, rank twenty uh, defense, we're making some good strides. Yes. All right, so kind of to stay in the same defensive realm, um, will the Bucks have more sacks than last year? So mm. this past season, they had thirty eight sacks. Where are the Bucks going to be as far as sack totals for this year? That's not that many. I'm going to fire the cannon to say we'll be above that. Okay. I think with our blitz schemes, um, which we kind of lacked over the past few years under Mike Smith and everything else, I think we will definitely um, – I don't know if it's going to be a significant jump, but I say we'll be knocking at like the 50 range. That's a lot. I'm thinking about it like that's 38, a, 30. That's, that's like two like, sacks a game. That's not like 10 sacks. It's not that much. It's not that much over a course of, of, of a six. That's literally like less than one one extra sack per game. Yeah, they can get that. I think so. I think if you're bringing in Sue, you got you got some good guys on linebacker. They come back to a different scheme. Like you said, they start blitzing. Apparently, a lot of our players are liking this new scheme, so I think we got some positives to build on. Players buy into the system, we're good to go. So last year, we uh, were tied with Indianapolis and the L.A. Chargers for 19th with 38 sacks. So 19th overall, so saying that we're going to be better than 19th, well, better than 38 sacks. I am going to have to walk the plank on this one. I I think it's a lateral move with Sue, but it's not a lateral move as far as getting to the quarterback. Uh, as far as JPP goes, that's 12 and a half sacks last year that we're, we're missing out on this year of that 38. So, and, and who do we who had to replace him at the moment? Uh, a fourth round pick out of Iowa? We'll find out. I mean, I don't know. That's a lot to ask of him. William Golston hasn't done it yet. It's a lot to ask of him. Bo Allen was hurt a lot of last year when he was in, didn't show up. I worry about that. I worry about the defensive pressure to the quarterback. So I'm going to walk the plank. You say less than 38. I'm swimming right now. I say less than 38. I'll remember this. I hope hope so. We don't have to. It's recorded. It's recorded. You can look back on the podcast. (laughs) Um, Okay. Next, walk the plank or fire the cannons. Bruce Arians will fix Jameis Winston. I'm going to have to fire the cannons on this one. I think that he's, you know, been quite a few places and done some things in, in very short times with Roethlisberger, Luck, Carson Palmer. I'm sure there's a few other people on that list that that he's worked with. Um, not sure if he really worked with Peyton Manning or Peyton not. Peyton Manning's on that list as well. He, he, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So he's done some things. He's a legend, man. He's a legend when it comes to quarterbacks. I think that he can definitely, barring any off-field incidents, you know what I'm saying, which I think Winston has passed. I think he's definitely going to improve him. Fire the cannons, man. I think Arians is a better quarterback coach than Gruden. Ooh. I do, man. Hot take. Hot I, take. I, I believe it 100%. Hey, you he's, might be he's right. A, he's a different coach. Actually, you know what? You are right. 
And I think that this I mean, is going to be the best coach. This is the best coach that Winston is ever going to have. I mean, besides coming from Oakland and winning a championship in, in one season with us. I mean, he didn't do anything with Jeff Garcia. I mean, Jeff did look okay for us. They had I mean, a bad he wasn't defense. that bad. Defense was getting a little older. They were longer. But I mean, salary cap hit that team, man. They had a really bad salary cap. They did. They did. Uh, I'm going to have to fire the cannons on this. I think. I think Bruce will fix Jameis. If, you, like you said, if you look at his track record and the quarterbacks he's worked with, um, this is the best coach he's ever going to have. Exactly, and he's got a personal relationship with this guy. He does. Uh, so he's got a good rapport with him. Um, and I, one thing I think that Arians is going to do is he's going to tailor this offense around Jameis and his strengths, not his weaknesses. Why? And he's going to set him up for success and not failure. 100%. Something that Dirk Cutter just couldn't seem to do uh, with Jameis. Um, so I'm going to fire the cannons, and I'm going to say that, that Arians will fix Jameis. Maybe not the first season, but I, I feel like overall I think he's going to make him into a better quarterback, at least one that's going to be we're going to be able to sign. Okay. All right, next on the list. Most underrated move this offseason, Bruce Arians hiring in all the NFL. That's a big deal. I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to say fire the cannons. For a team that didn't make a lot of offseason moves to bring in a lot of players, the, the cap um, uh, structure in which their, their face was right, right now, we need that structured leadership that Bruce Arians is going to provide, that Todd Bowles is going to provide, and his coaching staff. And I think that is the biggest improvement for the Bucks this offseason. Not so much the players that they brought in in the draft or the free agency, but the leadership because Dirk Cutter was not a great leader. No. He's an offensive coordinator. That's all he'll ever be. Facts. No disrespect to him personally, but it it just is what it is. I think the Buc- I agree with you, man, 100%. Fire the cannons. I think the Bucks picking them up is like hiring a management team. Mm-hmm. You know, because they got the whole package. They didn't just get a head coach. I mean, they, they got a whole coaching tree that could happen in front of us. If these guys stick together and they all pan out and do what they're actually supposed to do, and they're really great at their positions, all the way from Arians to Bulls to our favorite Jaguar quarterback. You know, this could be something. They, you could look at this in 10 years. You were speaking like, of Byron Leftwich. Yes. Right? Okay. Good job, man. I, I don't know. Blaine Gabbert was, you know, he's a Buccaneer as well. So. Well, but he is too. He is too. I mean, all the way from the top of, the, you know, the GM. Did we get Maurice Jones Drew? All the way to Blaine Gabbert. Maurice Jones Drew. What do you say, Craig? I'm going to fire the kiddos with this one. I, de- I definitely think it's a good hire. Um, I like the all around. Um, aspect of everything and you know i was never a fan of the i was a fan of dirt cutter at first but then kind of it just two seasons ago i felt like you know last season he shouldn't even have been here um i think we should have had a whole entire coaching staff last year um we did have a high offense though with him they they proved it yeah but high we broke buck records yeah, we did. We'll give Offensive him credit. Coordinator. But he allowed that defense to lack for so many years. He saw the struggles from Lovey Smith. He brought in Mike he Smith. Fixed it. He brought in Mike Smith. He didn't bring him in. Lovey did. Yeah, but I think he his loyalty to Mike Smith because of their their work history is mm-hmm. is what ultimately killed him. And, and you know, 
hopefully we'll see some. Yeah, uh, they didn't handle that. We'll see well some change. All. Any more walk the planks? We got one more. Okay, one we'll, more. We'll wrap it up. Chris Godwin, is this is is this the year that he has to make that next step? I think it is. I'm going to fire the candles on that one, and I think he will. I think he'll. We'll see an improvement in him. Um, you know, coming in, he was. He, you know, saying when you come in, you get drafted. You got already. Um, you know, Deshaun Jackson out there. You got Mike Evans out there. You're not required to be the man. Adam Humphreys is already out there, so you're 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 you're, you're working your way through the depth chart. But he definitely made some some bright plays and some different things throughout the uh, the season. So I, I think it'll be good. Eddie. It's hard, man, because of what you just said. He's going to lose a lot of key people that were taking up some coverage, and he was sneaking out there. Yeah, but so, it's also going to give him opportunity. Yeah, I know. I, I think he'll do better. I think if Winston does better and the whole team is doing better around him, he, he can have a great year, and he does have great hands. He is a big playmaker. He did drop some balls. He did lose some coverage, but I think he'll be okay. I think he will have a better season. Yeah, I think it is the year for him to make that next step every year he has. I'm going to go ahead and fire the cannon. So every year he's been in the league, he's been in the league two years. Uh, his first year at 34 catches for 525 yards and a touchdown. The next year, sophomore year, he had 59 catches for 842 yards and seven touchdowns. He's done a lot in, in a one-year gap. He did have a really good season last year, a lot better than he did his rookie season. It's time for him to make that next step, and I think he will now that Deshaun's out of the building. And I feel like Bruce is going to find ways to get these guys the ball, and it's not going to be just Mike, 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 Mike. It's yeah, he's be, already spoken highly of them. It's so. going to be Cam Bray. It's going to be OJ. It's going to be all these guys. They so. have beasts out there, man. It's exciting to see him. I think we'll still be doing good. Um, any final shout-outs before we get out? No, just uh, check out No Boundary Sports Talk every Sunday, 9 to uh, 11 a.m. Awesome. Eddie? I agree. Check out my boy's show on Sunday. And with No that, boundaries. And with that being said, we're taking our six-day break. We'll be back. Some odd hours. Next Tuesday, some odd hours. Peace out.